Hello. Hello. This is Joya Italiano. And this is Jeff Ekman. And welcome to No But That's a Thing. A podcast where we talk about the real science ideas that are contained in sci-fi movies. Yeah, neither of us are experts in any of these things, but we care about them and uh, we feel like we can make it interesting for you. So we Googled some stuff after watching a movie and here we go. Here we go. Okay, so clink my glass. Yes. (laughs) There you go. Fine. We did it. All right. Okay, cool. So we watched Sunshine. Yeah. Was this like a mainstream movie theater movie? I don't recall it at all. I think it had a release, uh, but like it's not very well known. Um, Yeah, well, clearly. Okay, well, so the breakdown is essentially the sun is dying and mankind is facing extinction. And uh, this team has this bomb that's the equivalent to the size of Manhattan, right? So how many people? It's eight astronauts strapped to the back of a bomb headed towards Earth. And this is all like before the opening sequence. Yes, heading towards the sun, rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're going to send a bomb into the center of the sun to reignite the sun. Yeah. Because it's, like, getting cold because, out there. Because, yeah, like, the, and, and what what I do find interesting, like, several motifs from the movie that I liked was, uh, the you know, anytime there was anything green, if there was, like, a leaf, mm. they have the, the earth room or whatever, which is essentially, like, VR like backyard. Holodeck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have a holodeck. Like, oh, so, I mean, for me, too, it's it's interesting to imagine a world, like, in a world when... Greenery doesn't exist anymore because the sun isn't there and yeah. all life is like slowly but surely dying. Anyway, we're on the brink of extinction and these folks have to go kick some ass. Yeah. And by the ass, I mean kick sun ass. I read that Alex Garland, the writer of this movie mm. and the writer and director of Ex Machina. Oh, sure. Uh, he originally said that what interested him in the whole idea was that uh, when the entire planet's survival rests on the shoulders of one man, what that would do to his head. So the parts of the movie that like are like that... Ego? Uh, like what? Like his ego, you mean? What it would do to his head? Like, like it would make give him a big head? It's not let it get to his head. It's I what know. would it do to his head? I know, but that, I didn't know if that was a different turn of phrase. Uh, no, I, I think it just means like, what What would a man do when With the weight of the under- world on his shoulders, he yes. would fall over because it, he can't lift it up. Because it's a really heavy spacesuit. Where this movie really goes off the rails is when they show up at this like second ship that had been launched seven years earlier where they didn't know what happened to it, but they didn't succeed in their mission. It's like, I don't even want to talk about the fucking Freddy Krueger guy. I don't even want it's to talk so about him. It's so frustrating to me that he's just a fucking horror monster. <laughs> yeah. And the, like, so there's a captain that's like been staring into the sun for seven years, and the whole thing is like... <laughs> so he's all burnt the, up. Yeah, he's all like, his skin is burnt, and there's like this stupid effect where like his, he's out of focus, so you can never like right. see him, Very but it's blurry. like a totally... We're going to blow your mind with what it would be like if the sun died... But then, because we're not so sure that'll carry you, we're going to just create a monster that's like, ooga, ooga, booga. This movie goes from hard sci-fi to horror slasher in a millisecond. (laughs) And it is, the whiplash can be felt hard. I was like, who's this guy? Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that's all that we need to talk about this movie. What the fuck? Okay. What would happen to your body if you were in space? That was my question. Without a space suit. Yeah, what would? Because I think in many minds you assume you're like you're just gonna freeze and explode at the same time. Your blood's gonna boil, like all of this. You right, know what I mean? Like right. you have this very crazy idea. But in this movie, but, it does have like a sequence where they they have to like line up two hatches because it's been blown off, and then they're gonna like blow themselves. They're gonna depressurize one cabin to blow themselves into the other. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So they have to go through space with no spacesuit. Which they would not get very far. They would not get very far at all, according to this. Okay, so first of all, you won't explode. Right. But you will inflate. 
Incidentally, yes. because right, so so the the pressure in space is so low that boiling points of fluids are also lower. So that means it causes basically the nitrogen in your body um, that or that's in your bloodstream near the surface to like form bubbles. Mm. So you. I don't know. I'm thinking like you shake up a can, like a cocaine, and it's like, uh, yeah. and then you blow up essentially to twice your normal size. So let's visualize gum chewing blueberry girl from fucking Charlie and the yes. Chocolate Factory, right? Let's do that for a visual. The, yeah. So that is ex- immediately what I thought. I was like, okay, so twice my size. You're 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 not dead, but yeah. you're just in a lot of pain. Well, the thing that happens with that is like that's a thing called the bends. The bends. It's also called ebulism. Ebulism. Embolism. Not embolism, E-B-U-L-L-I-S-M. Because that happens in scuba diving if you ascend too mm-hmm. fast. Exactly. Where, uh, one of the things is like if you are in the vacuum of space, one of the things that would save you is uh, breathing out slowly. Right, because if you breathe in, your lungs will rupture. Or at least if you hold your breath, your lungs, the air in your lungs is going to expand, expand so much that they'll explode. So yeah. if you just kind of let out a... Yeah, so don't think like, oh, I'm in space, because <gasps> that means you're going to rupture your fucking <laughs> right. lungs. And well, there's also nothing to Yeah, there's no oxygen, lungs, but if, anyway. you th- if that's what you think, like before you go out there. But um, the thing about the bubbles in the bloodstream is that then they can move through your bloodstream and mm-hmm. stop blood flow to your brain or your heart. Yeah, well, because the blood keeps blo- like flowing, it doesn't know that there's no oxygen. It's still going to do what it does. <laughs> there's so, not like a red blood cell that's going to go like, be like shut down the assembly have you guys line. Notice like, that. There's no O2 around? There's like these new bubbles around. What's going on here? Nah, yeah. fucking, dude, you're a worker bee. Keep doing your thing, blood cell. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of my office. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so so it cycles past your lungs, doesn't obviously do anything, and it keeps right. on going, and then your heart keeps beating, and then that oxygen-deprived blood goes wherever it's supposed to go, and that's known as um, okay. hypoxia? Is yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, uh, never... it's like, it's basically a lack of oxygen. In 1965, a technician inside a vacuum chamber at the Johnson Space Center mm-hmm. uh, accidentally depressurized his spacesuit by disrupting a hose. Uh-huh. After 12 to 15 seconds, he lost consciousness. Right. And then he regained it after his suit was pre- de- repressurized to about half that of sea level. And then uh, he reported that the last memory before blacking out was that the moisture on his tongue was beginning to boil and he couldn't taste for three days. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, because like re- <clears throat> reading about a lot of this stuff in the abstract, you're kind of like, you're like, well, if somebody pulls you back to safety and they, within like 15 seconds, you could probably be resuscitated. But I'm like, what the fuck would that even feel like? It would not like, feel good. It would not feel good. But okay, so he felt it boiling on his tongue. Yeah. Holy guacamole. But also there's the cold factor. Right. No, it's like minus 200 out there. I remember it was like got to minus 70 with the wind chill in New Hampshire sometimes. And that was rough. That was pretty cold. Well, <laughs> I they, had to bundle up. They like told you like don't go outside with anything wet on your hands. There's no humidity in space, right? There's humidity right. on the earth. So the humidity in the air inhibits the cooling effect um, quite a bit because it's you know, it's hard it's harder for sweat to evaporate into that air if it's already saturated with water. Well, uh in space, there is no humidity, so mm-hmm. there's no saturation. So that water that is actually sense. being pulled out of your body quicker, and so you're cooling quicker. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It allows for the accelerated evaporative cooling of any exposed bodily fluids. So your your if your eyes are watery, or if your mouth is watery, or mm. whatever your respiratory tract, they freeze over as a result. E. Gross. But then also you have these like <laughs> insane UV rays from the sun because you don't have a fucking ozone layer to protect right. us from it. So you are both frozen, but then also have like the worst sunburn of your life. Not to mention then like 
X-rays and gamma rays yeah, and all the cancer. shit that... Yeah. The, well, there's an interesting thing where, uh, I guess, water can kind of stop a lot of radiation. And mm-hmm. so, but it's super heavy. So like getting water into like shielding in space stations is something that they want to do. And if we get into interstellar space, uh, there's like tons of cosmic rays and there's, you can't like survive in space much outside of our solar system Yeah. without like insane radiation shielding. Well, okay. So well, that that's the thing too, is that, you know, they're <clears throat> like, it'll mutate your DNA. And I'm thinking superpowers yeah. <laughs> and then they're like no yeah, you're no. just gonna die of radiation poison and cancer, yeah, and cancer. <laughs> like, oh, exactly oh 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 gotcha yeah. gotcha okay uh, cool the story of the first spacewalk which was done by the russians in the 60s includes a part of the story where alexei leonov who was the first spacewalker went outside and his suit suddenly ballooned up and he couldn't bend his arms mm-hmm. And the way their systems worked was that he had to inflate a special airlock in order to get back into the ship. And he couldn't bend his arms oh, enough shit. to fit back in the space lock. And he wound up like releasing pressure from his suit bit by bit in order to get enough bending in his arms in order to fit back into the space yeah. station. And uh, he wound up like... In the suit, he had like he was like up to his waist in sweat, and he like was in a really bad way for days with like a fever and stuff. But he pulled through. Yeah. Now he went down to I think like less than a third of an atmosphere, or or, like less than that Mm. for like a couple of minutes. But this is one of the most badass dudes ever. There's like stories about this guy that are crazy. (laughs) Uh, but he's, he like to me the ups and downs of him stepping out and becoming the first person to walk in space and look down at the earth and the high of that to realizing he might not be able to get back in the ship. Yeah. And the way the Russians did things at the time was they didn't announce missions as existing until after they were successful. (laughs) So if he didn't get back in the ship, they were just never going to talk about him again. What happened to that guy? And Uh... they've, they erased other people from photos and newspapers and stuff. Like they literally have erased for a period of time, until 1989, nobody knew that there were cosmonauts that died. Jesus. So it's Fucking crazy. Russia. The, <laughs> the highs and lows and the highs again that Alexei Leonov went through. Well, okay. Uh... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's bad enough to just have your fucking suit blow up. Imagine if that's your goddamn skin. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, fuck. I'm like, oh, God, I feel swollen after just like walking up a hill, you know, <laughs> like, and you're like, ooh, like, blood's flowing. I can't get my ring off. <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> anyway, okay. So that was interesting to me. What have you got? I figured this movie's all about the sun. Let's talk about the sun and some of the things that it can do. So there's two parts to a solar flare. There's like the flash, and then there's a thing called a coronal mass ejection, which is this huge mass of particles that get sent out in a specific direction. Mm-hmm. And it, t- it takes the flash light speed to get to us, and then the coronal mass ejection, or the CME, uh, will take about a day to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun can send it in any direction, and we often get lucky, and they miss the Earth, but once in a while we get a direct hit. And for the longest time, it didn't really matter because we didn't have any electronic devices on the planet Earth. Right. And in 1859, there was, something, there was a huge solar flare that's known as the Carrington event. When the solar flare hit the Earth, all the telegraph machines across the Earth exploded. Whoa. 
and just were set on fire and sparks happened. There were auroras like over the Rocky Mountains and all the way down to the Caribbean. No way. Like the magnetosphere. Did they know it was because of the solar flare? Not, certainly not everybody. Right. Uh, I read that like gold miners in the Rocky Mountains, it was so bright that they woke up and started making breakfast. Because they thought it was morning. Oh man! Well, and I'm sure so many people were like, "Oh, it's UFOs," you, or it's well, God. they didn't even know. Like, yeah, well, they probably got. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the shit blowing up, like well, just yeah. all, everything blowing up at once. You're gonna be like, "What hath God wrought?" Yeah, like, the that's telegraph. What? It's like we built these machines and they're destroyed. <laughs> that's a good point. I don't, yeah. you know. Um, I like public opinion at the time. Like, what did you yeah. think of that? Well, the. Baltimore American and Commercial Advertiser, which was a newspaper from 1859, said that uh, those who happened to be out late on Thursday night had an opportunity of witnessing another magnificent display of the aurora lights. The light was greater than that of the moon at its full, but had an incredible softness and delicacy that seemed to envelop everything upon which it rested. Jesus. Between 12 and 1 o'clock, when the display was at its full brilliancy, the quiet streets of the city resting under this strange light presented a beautiful as well as singular experience. <laughs> Fucking Fitzgerald. Cool it, <laughs> right? mister. Like, well, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, are you writing me a food critique? Like, I, is that's a newspaper in 1859, I guess. Right? God, they were so flowery. Yeah. <laughs> like, I appreciate that. I mean, that, that sounds wild. Okay, well... Well, we have a lot of electronics now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and guess what? In 2012, there was a huge one that missed us by nine days. Like, if we had nine days off with our orbit around the sun, and... Uh, and it, would have, and it would be fucking Terminator. It would be... Well... Not Terminator. Just actually, everything would destroy itself, but still, we'd be like, um... Uh, yeah. The thing is, some of the stuff that could happen is, like, really bad. Because it would actually immediately send us all... Back to the Stone Age. All devices that were on at the time would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. All communication would be gone. And it would take years to rebuild it. And there's medicines and stuff that needs to be refrigerated and manufactured. And those can't make it to people. Sure. And so this would be a huge be disaster. Huge. And even bigger than that, it takes months in order to cool a nuclear reactor down to a full shutdown state. Mm-hmm from fully working. And if this were to happen, they would run out of the power for the coolants within that time. And so what could happen, and there are some measures in place to combat this, but like the idea that every single one of the 440 working nuclear reactors in the world, a month in, you might start seeing a lot of nuclear meltdowns around the world. So. What are the measures? Here's how we actually stop this from happening. Okay. Shut everything off. Right. So well, I'm sorry. I'm going to interject because like, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking, of, I was like, well, you know, people always complain about how technology is just pulling <laughs> us apart. And then you're like, no, but if this shit will happen, like this is not putting your fucking cell phones in the middle of the table at lunch. No, <laughs> this no, is, this is different than that. This is very, very this different is like, than oh, that. Oh, shitballs. No, all of our, our lives yeah. are controlled and by And the predictions stuff. are like, you know, of like looting and stuff in major oh. cities, like, you know, perishable foods all got, like the whole, so much of the systems that are in place that just make the world run just disappear yeah. overnight. But if we can have a way to basically flip a switch and shut down the entire grid of power and then have the coronal mass ejection hit the earth... And then a few days later, turn everything back on, everything's fine. Yeah. 
we have satellites in space that are monitoring the sun and doing their best and monitor it for solar flares and everything like that. And anytime that your phones are kind of like fucked up and your GPS isn't working right and you're like, what the fuck? You can check NASA and good chances are that there was a small solar flare that was hitting the earth. Interesting. So all that mercury and retrograde bullshit. <laughs> it just, wasn't like, actually. Yeah, when you're like, oh, I'm having some issues with communication. <laughs> solar flare. Yeah. You know? It's a real deal. We're talking about it and especially after that solar flare that happened in 2012 that was so close. There's a lot of people trying to get this the grid, the power grid, which doesn't currently have this, a way to shut it all down. Because when the solar flare happens, we've got 17 hours in the worst case scenario before it hits. We have how many hours? 17. Uh, (laughs) What do you got? Do you remember early on, this guy is... Uh, on the ship is looking at the sun, but it was sort of like this drug and this joyride. So yeah. basically, this whole idea of light versus dark and like yeah. you know sunshine. Not anyway. So it brings me to <laughs> <laughs> it brings me to the sensory deprivation and what that darkness can do to you. Yes. Um, now uh, these like float houses are all over the fucking place now. Apparently in LA, like all of these sensory deprivation areas. Like it's a chamber that that you can pay to go yeah. hang out in. Uh, apparently, I mean, well, because there's. There's like two types, right? There's the uh-huh. sensory deprivation where you basically just go into a dark room and like lay on a table. Uh-huh. But then there's this thing that you think of or, you know, when you think of Stranger Things or what have you, uh-huh. where you get into like yeah. a seawater pool <laughs> and it's nice and warm, but it's totally dark. And it's um, like you floating in it. Yeah, it's you, it's you floating in it. And eventually, because of that darkness, after a certain point, you have like no body orientation, right? So the vestibular system is the part of your, it's in the inner ear that contributes to your sense of Uh spatial orientation, right? So once you eliminate that, then you already are like, you don't even feel yourself. So this person, I read this article, they went there and she was like, after like a few minutes of sitting in there, I felt like my arms were winding like a fucking clock, like clock hands, right? Like you have no spatial awareness. And then she talks about, you know, you being deprived of that external stimuli and the sounds or whatever, your brain just kind of creates its own shit. So whether you're sitting there and, and you know, like if you're falling asleep and you kind of see shapes in your eye and you're kind of like, whoa, that's weird. Like this is to the nth degree because it's complete. Then you don't have any sounds like getting in there. You have earplugs in. So you're just like Um, watching the movie. Yeah. You're watching the movie. You're coming up with shit. She was also talking about how, um, um, it, it was audit- auditory for her as well. Is that a word, auditory? Yeah. Audio? I don't know. I don't think it's, it's audio. I think it's auditory. Okay, I was like, oh, so many words. I like audio. It sounds like a, like a music app. Yeah, no, totally. Like you want to, you got audio. Yeah. Um, she kept. Uh, she started hearing like arias playing, but she didn't recognize the tune. It was like her brain was composing a fucking oh, aria while like, she's yeah. in there, right? Um, did so she, did she like madly like write down the notes? Well, she's not. She's in a fucking pool of water, buddy. Damn it. Um, right? Well, like after, you can't be right. Yeah, after she's like, like what burst were the, out of the tank? What were the chords? Give what me a the- pen and paper. <laughs> Um, so yeah, as I said, like, uh, unrecognizable shapes, they morph into maybe complex manifestations such as dots, lines, and graded patterns. So that kind of goes to this idea of hallucinations, but really you're just basically giving your brain free reign to fucking go nuts. Yeah. So the, in terms of like the creative juice aspect of it, it's not just relaxation. You could use that, you know, use it in the same way that you do meditation or what have you, but there's something about 
being in these float sessions, as they refer to them. Float sessions. Okay, so there was this uh, small study, for example, (laughs) five university professors that found that six 90-minute float sessions allowed them to generate more creative ideas, which coincided with a self-reported increase in free imagery and remote associations. What that means is you're just, it's just stream of consciousness, but visual. You know what I mean? You're not writing, you're... If you put your brain into a certain type of state, you're much, whether it's get taking a shower mm-hmm. where they say that like the senses of the hot water on your body allows your brain to not think about whatever it was thinking about and allow it to come to the solution. Oh, the creative interesting. solution that you, uh, well, it kind of, well, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I was also reading some studies that have shown that the resting brain is particularly adept at synthesizing information from a wide, wide range of brain areas. And I'm thinking about that in terms of, I, I don't, I don't know if you're like studying it seems like you study and then you go to sleep and the next day I, I always seem to know the information better. People with different skills, like for example, jazz students, like a bunch of jazz students, mm. <laughs> these like jazz musicians did some float sessions That's and their techniques became better. There was something about that resting yeah. brain state that allowed Because that, isn't that what jazz like, is all about? Like I don't get jazz. I mean, I'm not going to say like I understand jazz. Sure. Uh, you don't have to understand jazz, baby. See, I knew it's something like that. I didn't even understand that. <laughs> but it is like it does seem like something where you're supposed to go into some kind of trance and yeah. just play. I Isn't just, it not the notes you play? I mean, they. I don't know. It's I guess I just didn't. Play. I I've never thought about sleep or meditation as being a means of becoming better yeah. at a skill. Yeah. So basically, you're doing a lot of work when you're just lounging, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's like some people get depressed by the idea that. A third of your life is spent asleep. Right. But you're doing hard work. You're doing hard work, You're doing man. important you're... work that you need. Have you ever seen dreams? Yeah. Have, have, have you, you guys had a dream? seen dreams? <laughs> Those fucking They're things fucking are wild. crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, have you guys seen dreams? Oh, man. The, but it um, makes sense, too. If and, and, you know, if you're thinking about then, like, the physical aspects of floating in a pool of salt water, like rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis, something like that, hypertension, headaches, whatever, like, of course that's going to help you physically. Yeah. I guess I just didn't think about, um, yeah, the idea that the brain's, like, cool, man. Especially, well, because for me, like, <laughs> Wait, you could the imagine. The brain is, like, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. You, like, I would, like, flippantly <laughs> threw that in there, like... <laughs> Is that what your brain said, Joy? Well, I, I guess, like, it, you know, how are you going to really enjoy the other two-thirds of your life if you're not spending a third of it asleep? I know. I agree with you. But I guess for me, too, the, the thing about sensory deprivation, I, I love the idea of, like, the clock hand arms of just being yeah. like, are my, are my arms by my side? Are they well, over my head? I've done some kind of, like, meditation stuff where you lay down in bed and yeah. you, like, get yourself into an extremely relaxed state. And, you like, there's, like, different ways of, you know, you imagine a ball of light going from your toes totally. to your head. And, like, everything it touches relaxes. And, like, you really can get into a state where... I forget where my arms are. Right. And I'll be like, they they feel like they're up above my head, but they're actually at my side. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do a fuck ton of yoga, and there's a lot of those, th- especially fuck if... Fuck ton. Fuck ton of yoga. Um, and also my teacher, like, she's... Yeah. She likes to go on these like shaman retreats now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so sometimes she'll come back and she'll be like, okay, we're going to do a sound bath. Uh, she refers she refers oh, to it wow. as a sound bath. Wow. And it really is just that. I went. I went to one. I was like, oh, let's see what's going on here. Like did a little bit of yoga. And then we just fucking laid there. And she had basically these little bowls that she, it would be like, bing. 
<laughs> just like walking around the room or no it's like at the front but the the way that they're designed is it just envelops the entire room so you're like lying on your lo- yoga mat but then meanwhile you're like i feel all the vibrations running through me and so- then by the time you get up you're kind of like and she she calls it like a tune-up she's like i'm just tuning t- your body oh, back. you know what i mean <laughs> wow okay i like the um, a sound bath i've never heard of it i know that. i, didn't know I that know. Was a- but i mean i guess that's why something like this it you know to maybe to some people are like what's this hippy dippy bullshit but you're like nah man like letting your body just kind of realign dip, itself dip it. just when i zip you zip we zap um <laughs> oh god kill myself uh you know what's great is we've been able to have this conversation and not once did we bring up yeah the nightmare oh, that I we're actually in. did mean to like mention just for the history of it to know that like since the last episode we recorded Donald Trump has been elected president That's of the right. United States. And as a matter of fact, we didn't record on our general day because it, it was, was the day after the day after and it was just too real. Uh, I think that we've maintained, that, you know, that tells you how important this kind of thing is. Yes. Because for a moment, I forgot me that I hated too. my life. <laughs> I, thank right? you for reminding I me. I mean, sorry to put a damper on But that. actually, for real, for a minute yeah. here, I was so involved in this whole thing. I know. That, uh, yeah. Art, guys. Artists get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds facetious, but I'm... No, well, you. the thing about, like, I do want this podcast to be a very hopeful thing where we talk mostly about the ways that human beings can overcome disasters and mm. create an amazing future. And we're doing it through these <laughs> movies very that are life. very, yeah. you know, and so like there's a positivity to the way I think we approach these kinds of subjects. If we're going to set up, you know, potential issues, like what would we do if a solar flare hit the world yeah. and how would we, yeah. well, what would we do if Donald Trump was president of the United States of America mm. and we're living in that world right now? And I say, both having cried my eyes out for the past two days um, and also realizing like, dude, what a time to be alive. It, it might be the crossroads that we needed to come to for us to really start changing things because yeah. it's unlike anything I've ever felt in my life. And many, 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 many people feel the same way. Yep. Uh, anyway, I think it's worth acknowledging. We can move on. But anyway, we're super chipper now. Back to you. All right. So, fusion power. <laughs> Who wants to talk fusion power? This is what powers the sun. Nice. Uh, this is how a sun works. And we are trying to build a sun here on Earth. Really? What could go wrong? I can't imagine. Uh, <laughs> we are building a number of different facilities, and one that was recently completed is the, a place called the National Ignition Facility. And they've built 102 of the most powerful lasers in the world, which take up the size of like multiple football fields. Jesus. And they focus all of these lasers directly on this tiny little pellet that holds two atoms, and what? they try to fuse them together. It'll s- release a huge amount of power. Okay. And then we harness that power, and it actually creates like a chain reaction of fusion power, are like you, a sun. Are you telling me that we're going to harness the power of the sun? I, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm telling you. And now they've been working on this. They've been promised. It's one of those things that they've been promising for a long time. Right. Uh, and it's something that they're actually getting really, really close to doing. Now, this National Ignition Facility, they did their hu- their big experiments over 2010 to 2012, and they wound up not being powerful enough to like achieve proper fusion ignition, as they call it, which is that the energy that gets released is more than the energy that was put into the lasers 
to compress it. Sure. So there's they're building a new one um, called the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor, uh, which Rolls started right off the tongue, doesn't it, it? Yeah. Well, it's called ITER for short. ITER. Which is also Latin for the way. Oh God. Uh, they started construction in 2013. It's going to cost billions, and uh, you know they're going to start doing their real fusion experiments in about 2027. But now, okay, yeah. so if we're t- talking practicality, um, yes. is this in the event that the sun dies, or is this no. just to have this just to is... be able to have that capacity? So, in a nuclear reactor of today, they're using fission. Fission splits an atom into multiple parts, and which causes like those parts to fly into other atoms, which splits those into multiple parts. And when you do that, it releases a huge amount of radiation, mm-hmm. also a huge amount of power. This doesn't shoot off radioactive particles. Oh, nice. So it's a much safer form of energy. Oh, great. Uh, that's a lot more powerful than a nuclear reactor. That's fucking great. Um, but it's really hard to pull off, and there's a lot that we don't know. It's this huge fucking chamber with 192 lasers all focused on one tiny little point in the center. Right. And when you see the amount of insulation and, like, like just concrete surrounding the facility just in case, like, I don't Some know. Shit goes wrong. Yeah, like, this fucking shielding no. on the inside is for real. Like, somebody's in there adjusting, they fucking sneeze and then throw off the... No, it's, I'm just kidding. It's like, <laughs> this seems like this is, this is like a hairline uh, error that could happen and could cause... Absolutely. Hoo-hoo-hoo. I mean, people were worried when they turned on the Large Hadron Collider in CERN that when they f- hit the two atoms together, it was going to explode the Earth. I mean, they thought it was going to like start a black hole. (laughs) People said that. Well, another thing that happened was before we set off the nuclear bomb, people were worried that it was going to ignite the atmosphere. Right. And yet, well, I guess this takes me to everything that we've talked about, which it's like, you know, with the keeping the old man in check Mm -hmm. situation. Yep. Do the positive aspects of this kind of experimentation outweigh potentially destroying the earth? Yeah. Well, uh, (laughs) this one seems like it really has a lot more good stuff going on with it than bad stuff. So We're, certainly more than nuclear power. Yeah, certainly more than any of the other like bullshit things bombs. we do. <laughs> you know, these projects tend to suffer from huge cost overruns and delays though. So, or Right. And where is funding coming from? Governments. Interesting. International like it's one of those things it's like oh, because it isn't it's like colliders. You yeah. know, we used to have one in Illinois that was like great that shut down right before the Higgs boson was found at CERN. Mm. But, and there was like, in the 90s, Clinton was trying to get one built here in Texas, and they like... You can't even say the name. I know it's not her, but it's just the, you know? You said Clinton? Huh. And I didn't even, I wasn't even, I really wasn't even... It was the first street I lived on in Los Angeles, moving here four (sighs) four years ago, Well, anyway, there was, they, they like dug a tunnel for a huge... Collider, mm-hmm. and then they shut down the project. <laughs> right. I, I mean, that's. I mean, fuck. You know, the International Space Station was a project that went hugely over budget and over time. And you know, the Hubble Space Telescope, the James Webb Space Telescope, which is the Hubble's replacement that was supposed to launch in 2007 mm-hmm. and isn't launching for a few more years. Right. There's 
it's on that scale of scientific project. I mean, it's uh, with a lot of things where it's like, okay, the potential is there and you yeah. know, perhaps it will happen, but it's not like, so when can we expect that? Yeah. You know? uh, don't like set your, don't hold your watch. Breath. Don't hold your breath. Don't set your Just watch. like you wouldn't hold your breath in space. Don't hold your breath now. <laughs> Never <laughs> hold your breath. Call back. Uh, one of my favorite lines, two last hopes are better than one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's true. Oh. So, are we? I'm good, good with stopping. Okay. All right. So. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little bit of sunshine. We had a little bit of darkness talking about the election. Yeah. Uh, uh, but thanks for sticking with us. It might be nice though to like release this because you know it'll be several weeks after the fact. Thanks. This might get released right around the inauguration. Can you fucking imagine? Uh, yes, we can, and we will. Uh, Anyway, God. but it might be interesting to hear this after, you know, yeah. if there's been some time to just, yeah. you know, scar up. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. We, we don't know what movie we're doing next week. But oh, we have no idea, but I think it should be yeah. something a little, I don't know, like Minority Report-y. Okay. You want to do Minority Report finally? It sounds like you've been wanting to do Minority Report. Yeah, I want to do Minority Report. Let's do Minority okay. Report. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Cool. All right, All right, guys. See you next time. See you next week for Minority Bye. Report. Bye.